0: Hey there, I'm back, (laughs) for real this time. I hope you're doing okay, staying sane, and staying safe in these weird times. Hello there, and welcome to the Cocoa Butter Junkie Podcast. I'm Michelle, and this is my podcast. This is a podcast on the everyday reflections and experiences of a Kenyan woman is my examination of life living through mental health issues, grief, growing up aka kicking and screaming into adulthood, the experiences of being a woman in Kenya, making friends as an adult, struggles with faith, and a bunch of other topics. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Season 2 of Kukubata Junkie. So guys, what have you been up to since we went on a break? <sighs> I have been, well, I went on a mental health break that I needed because I was starting to get into a funk, and I knew I wouldn't be given the podcast as much as I needed to. I'm not one of those guys who have to give 100% or nothing, but... I knew that whatever I gave would just be trash. (laughs) So in case you're wondering, my mental health is here and there. I still struggle. Some days I'm sure I have overcome depression. And then there are days I just don't want to talk to anyone. And then there are also the days I know I'm just going through a tough time and it will pass. So I'm not fine, but (laughs) knowing what I know now and after doing all the work I have done on myself, I know that things can and will be better. Like I said in a previous episode, the thing that bothers me the most is the hopelessness. But now I know and I've actually experienced that working on my outlook helps a lot. So I've also been watching Mudoni, the drama queen's CTA. Um, I watched the whole of it, watched every episode as it came out. For those who don't know what CTA is, it's a YouTube channel run by Richard Jao, a.k.a. A-Star. CTA means cleaning the airwaves, I think. Um, he features Kenyan musicians as they talk about their musical journey and the growth of the Kenyan music scene. So I loved with only CTA the best because I felt like there were so many lessons to learn and I can't believe I didn't know the word polymath before. (laughs) Um, It feels so gratifying to know that I can work on everything I'm curious about and interested in without the guilt and the pressure of having to focus on just that one thing. So you can be sure I have watched a good number of YouTube videos on polymath, the multi-potentialite and renaissance person. I've also been watching Abel Mutua. I don't know if it's Abel or Abel. <laughs> um, I've also been watching Abel Mutua and listening for the millionth time to the Midnight Train album by Is Soul. I have tried to catch up on my reading, but I'm struggling in this area, guys. <laughs> Reading, getting lost in a book used to be so easy, but it has been really difficult for me for some reason, Um, especially in the last few months. I find myself reading the same page several times. My mind wanders and no matter what I do, I just can't seem to just sit still and read. I can do an article or blog post here and there, but then that's it. I just can't read a whole book. Um, I don't know if it's the anxiety or a short attention span brought on by <laughs> mindlessly scrolling through social media. I don't know. I've also slacked on therapy, and I think the results are showing. <laughs> Um, I'm finding myself really intrigued by the workings of my mind. I don't know, is that narcissistic? <laughs> and I'm usually fascinated when I discover why I act or think the way I do. And it usually feels good to know that I don't have to keep going the way I've been going. And there's usually this relief I feel afterwards. But then last few weeks I have been feeling down and I didn't reach out for help. And I can clearly feel the effects. Um, I should get back on it. And I have also been thinking about death (laughs) a lot. Um, There's just been too much death this year. Um, of course, with corona, it seems obvious, but death is still death. Um, a close neighbor passed away, and I didn't know I would take it as hard as I did. A um, family friend we've known for over 20 years also passed on. Um, the principal of my former high school and a few other people. And I even found myself mourning for Chadwick Bozeman. <laughs> Um, I couldn't believe I was mourning for a celebrity, not that they are any less human, but they couldn't be farther away from me in every sense of the word. Um, I'm not the type to go on social media and say R.I.P. when a celebrity passes or anyone for that matter, especially since my bro died, you guys know this. I just find it empty. Um, but for some reason I was like for real sad when Chadwick Boseman died and I didn't even like Black Panther that much. <laughs> um, initially I was really hard on myself and I was like, stop it. <laughs> but then I realized that that wasn't helping. So I just let myself be sad. and I was sad for a while and I'm still sad, but not as much. I can now scroll past a YouTube recommendation of a video that Chadwick Boseman is in. So, talking about grief, that's what we'll be talking about in this episode. Um, What grieving my brother has been like. So, what have you guys been up to? The Cambridge Dictionary defines grief as... Very great sadness, especially at the death of someone, and according to Wikipedia, it's the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or something that has died to which a bond or affection was formed. So, you can grieve for a death, loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet. You can grieve for a loss of a relationship. can be a friendship or a romantic relationship. You can grieve for the loss of a job. You can grieve for the loss of a pregnancy. You can grieve for loss of dreams and hopes. Um, You can grieve a divorce or the end of a marriage. You can grieve um, the loss of money and property. Loss of trust and safety and illness. Um, Basically, you can grieve for a variety of things and not just death. Um, One of my favorite authors, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, recently lost her father and has recently released an article on the New Yorker called Notes on Grief that I think you should read. Um, I will put a link to it in the show notes if you haven't read it. So on this article there's a part she writes for weeks my stomach is in turmoil tense and tight with foreboding the ever-present certainty that somebody else will die that more will be lost. And then in another part, she writes, My anger scares me, my fear scares me, and somewhere in there there is shame too. That's why I'm so enraged and so scared. I'm afraid of going to bed and of waking up, afraid of tomorrow and all the tomorrows after. How is it that the world keeps going, breathing in and out unchanged, while in my soul there is a permanent scattering? So, both of these passages really hit home for me. And so, in this episode, I will be talking about grieving my brother, who I talked about in episode 3. So, if I could put things in a list, I would say number one would be the shock. The constant shock. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Um... But just relieving the fact that he is no more, how he died, that he is no longer here and just won't ever come back. Just like that, poof, <laughs> no more can, he doesn't exist anymore. So initially the shock hit me over and over and over and each time my brain refused to register it. number two is the trauma um for me this has been like being shocked <laughs> with electricity but worse and at interval so um my brother was murdered he died in the worst way he was attacked um he was beaten up and tortured he was mutilated and he died alone uh people watched as he died um so in the beginning, I had to, in my mind, separate the two facts that one, he was dead and two, how he died. I felt like I had to do that to stay sane. Um, just thinking about how he died sometimes even now drives me to like the very ages of my sanity. depression so this for me has been like an overwhelming physical presence of sadness like a loss um of the need and the passion for life um a lack of interest in things i used to love um just sitting and scrolling on my phone for days not hours like days day and night because the minute i stopped scrolling my brain would take me back to the pain and i wasn't having that (laughs) no way number four is hypervigilance so this has been (laughs) Being annoyingly and irritatingly vigilant over my family members, especially um, when they leave the house. Um, initially, I would ask so many questions and I would be so worried when somebody left the house. Um, I still do it sometimes, but it's not as much. And then that led to a lack of sleep because at the time, and even now sometimes I feel like I have to watch over my family. Um, And you guys know that (laughs) you need sleep to stay sane. Not trusting anyone. Uh, For me, this was in any aspect. It didn't matter whether they were genuinely concerned, uh, whether they were an employee, a friend, a relative. Whether it was in business and sometimes even doctors, um, the world is not a safe place. I mean, (laughs) my brother was killed. So even presently, when I go out to jog or for a walk, I don't feel completely safe. Um, Not like before. In the first couple of years, I had this unexplained lack of patience um, and being angry at everything. I was angry if it rained, um, if someone said something that I considered stupid, if the sun rose. um, Late when I considered it was late, I was angry, I was fuming, I was raging all the time. But then the world kept spinning and life went on as usual while my brother had died. And my whole world had been turned whichever which way. Number seven, constant visits to the loo. (laughs) Uh, So my stomach was really unsettled for almost the whole of the first year. Like the way you feel when you're anxious. Um... I noticed that I would go to the loo a lot that first year. A lack of appetite at times and then overeating at other times. Um, I couldn't eat immediately after my brother died um, and in the weeks and months that followed. And then when I started to eat, um, it was like I couldn't control myself. Um, Sometimes it still feels like I can't. Continuous pain in my like mid um, chest and tummy area. Um, It's that feeling you, it's a feeling that you feel physically, that you know it's not physical. Uh, It's like a continuous pain um, that you feel for months on end. I don't feel it anymore. It's since disappeared, or maybe I have learned to live with it. I don't know. 10 is numbness i think i talked about this in episode three when i narrated about how i found out he had died um so it went from shock to overwhelming sadness to numbness at different times one minute i would be in shock the next i was crying my eyes out and then the the next day i would be numb so now of course i no longer feel the shock But I still find myself in moments of numbness when I feel like I should be feeling sad. And other times it's just the sadness. This association, um, I'm not sure if this is the right word to use. But it felt like I was watching someone else's life unfold slowly and painfully before my eyes. And I know this is cliche, but I (laughs) I thought I would soon be waking up and this nightmare would be over. I also experienced or still experience a loss in my identity. Um, So my identity as a sister was shaken when my brother passed away. I remember saying, um, I now don't have a brother. And as much as I still have siblings, it feels like some part of my being a sister was torn away. Uh, This guy was in my life since I was three years old. (laughs) And for him to just not be there, ripped that part Um, of me away and so suddenly and so painfully My life has since been divided into before and after (laughs) Um, I now think of everything in terms of before and after my brother died Um, Memories are now divided. I now think in terms of everything he has missed since he died, how the world has changed, um, everything in my life that he will now miss, um, every defining event. And lastly, not that this is an exhaustive list, (laughs) but my stammer came back. I wrote something in 2016, the year after he died. I'll just go ahead and read it. I've had a stammer for a big chunk of my life. I I've hated it. Um, The words would get stuck in my head while my mouth insisted on saying them. (laughs) Um, It made me nervous, which didn't make it easier for me. Like a vicious and less psycho. Because the more I stammered, the more nervous I got about talking to people. And the more nervous I was, the more I stammered. I hated answering questions in class or anywhere with more than a few people because by nature I'm a fast talker. I mean, the kind that just talks really fast, not the other kind. (laughs) And the introversion did not help. I hated having to repeat a lot of what I would say to people. I still have to sometimes. In the last few years though, the stammer had sort of disappeared. I'd come to terms with it and I guess my being okay with it helped me to relax and It disappeared slowly over time. I almost didn't notice it until recently. My brother was brutally murdered. As of this moment, we don't know by who or why. And with the justice system in this country, it might take a long time before we even know who killed him, let alone why or if they will face prosecution. It's as though the pain of losing my brother and in the way he died is not enough. The person or persons who did it, May just get away with it. It kills me every day. So back to the stammer. It's back. <laughs> Not as bad as before, but it comes on and off, especially on the bad days. Anyone who's lost, anyone knows about the good days and the bad days. There are days when you've almost made peace with it, and there are those days you don't get out of bed. And it feels like you might just lose your sanity. In the bad days, the stomach makes an appearance. Sometimes in everything I say, sometimes in a few words. On top of that, I mix up my words. Like the other day, I mixed up my ATM pin. On another day, my mom wanted some medication. pantex it was. But at the pharmacy, I insisted it was Pentax. <laughs> and the sad thing is I can't control it. It's the stress I know. I wonder if those who killed him knew how much they would change my life. The 128th stage of grief. So obviously, <laughs> there aren't 128 stages of grief, but I also wrote this um the year after my brother died, because every day felt like a different stage of grief. Every time the shock hit, it felt like a different stage. And now I don't even know if I believe in the stages of grief. I don't know if people go through stages. Um, But I think at the time I was researching and trying to find out when the pain would stop. (laughs) And this is what it felt like at the time. Like the pain was never going to end. So here's the 128th stage of grief. I'm pissed at him <laughs> for dying. It's not consciously intentional, but for some reason, my anger is directed towards him. My life in general is worse without him in it, and that's how it's going to stay until it's my turn to exit. My turn. It always seems so theoretical, like something in the far future that may happen. Everybody's going to die, but it's not something you seriously consider until now. I keep going back to that day and playing different scenarios in my head that maybe would have ended differently. Problem is somebody had already decided that he shouldn't be here. But still, I am mad at him for not being here. I've been through the shock. It's yet to sink in and I don't know when it will or how I'll know it has. Um, That's as far as I've gotten. Now I'm just mad. Go ahead and read Mamanda's article. The link is in the show notes. And if you haven't watched MDQ's episodes on CTA, the link is also in the description. I'm also recommending the podcast Passenger List. It's about this girl who wants to find out the suspect that led to the disappearance of a plane her brother was on. Um, Each episode covers a different suspect. Um, It's really intriguing and i think you should add it to your podcast list that's passenger list the link is also in the show notes finally um this week i'm watching unmarried um on Showmax. Um, it's a show that follows the lives of these three women and focuses mostly on their love lives but also covers other issues that remind me of episode eight <laughs> of this podcast Uh, which I urge you to listen if you haven't. I'm currently on episode 10 of the show. And as much as I like the show, I hate that the things these women face um, are so familiar to many of us, no matter where we are in the world. And speaking of familiar experiences in episode (laughs) 8, next week we'll be having another podcaster who's made this exact same episode but in South Africa. We've never met and we've never even heard of each other. But somehow on our podcasts we ended up making basically the same episode. So that will be on the podcast next week. So be on the lookout for that. Please share the podcast with friends and family and follow at Kukubata Junkie on social media for regular updates. So guys, uh, looking forward to seeing you next week. Until then, that's the episode. Thank you for listening and bye.